Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Good morning. And I pray that those are not hollow words on our lips, but hollow... Not hollow words on our lips, but words of our heart. That we, you are the one that we praise, you are the one that we adore, you're the one that we're seeking this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are a great and mighty God. That you are a God that is able to look outside of time and to see where we are and to understand who we are as people and continue to love us. Lord, we are in this Advent season, this Christmas time where we have a chance to focus on that gift that was given to us many years ago. The gift that is still relevant today in our lives and will be relevant for eternity. May we not get so tangled up in the things of today, in the holiday, in the busyness that we miss the gift that was given to each of us. Lord, I ask this morning that you would help us to step away for a moment from those distractions in our lives. That we would even just for a moment this morning begin to focus on that child that you would send to bear our sins. And be reminded, Lord, that this was not an afterthought, but the plan all along. And Lord, we are thankful that your word is so powerful and true. That we can look in the Old Testament and see you working for so long, pointing forward. That when it came to pass in history, it wasn't a surprise, it was an expected gift. And so Lord, I ask that you would quiet our hearts this morning as we look at your word, as we listen to the words that will, for some of us, be very familiar because we've read them, we've heard them Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. Lord, I pray that this morning that you would help us to see something new in this passage, that Lord, we would hear something we've never heard before in a new way. And Lord, that that would help us to prepare for Christmas in a new way in 2019. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to, go, uh, we're going to jump in the Old Testament in Isaiah. And then we're going to swing to, to Luke. But I wanted to... Um, I felt like I really wanted... I, I, wasn't, I couldn't pick which one I wanted to preach on. So we'll pick them both. How's that? Isaiah 40, uh, verse 3 through 5. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and the rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain, and the, the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Luke chapter 1, 
Sorry, I'm on the wrong page, so that was not good. Uh, 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, the, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will be, reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to leave the child, have a child in her old age, and she, is, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled, be, to me be fulfilled. And the angel then left her. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing. Lord God, we ask even now as we prepare to listen to your word, as we sit, Lord, to hear your voice in our lives, that you would open our hearts. Lord, we're in this Christmas season, this time to remember that babe child born that would change the world, would flip it on its head. May it change our world as we prepare to celebrate this Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to invite uh, Kim Renner up. She's going to light the... Bye. See ya. So I have a question. I'd like to open it up this morning. So how are you preparing for Christmas? Maybe I should ask this question. What have you done to prepare for Christmas already? Bake cookies. Bake cookies, yeah. I was, I was thinking about that actually because... Uh, Karen Locke is in second service, but I think she's up to like, she posts on Facebook like 130 some dozen. I'm like, that's insanity. Baking cookies, anybody else? My mom bakes lots of cookies. I don't know if she's baked any this year, but usually if I go down, there's uh, piles and I can just find the piles and we're good. If you didn't know, I found a few piles in my life. <laughs> so what else are you doing to prepare for Christmas? Wait, okay, so, the, all right, you guys are, get your, get your house clean. Is that so you can find a place for the Christmas tree? Yeah. Ah, Veronica's cleaning her house to get ready for a bunch of people. Anybody else getting their house ready for a bunch of people? Yeah, yeah, Liz, I hope, I hope, are, are you, what else, what else are you doing? Putting up a tree, Any, what's that? 
I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, reading a chapter of Luke. That's that's a good. Putting up a manger, right? We have a manger. Someone stole our Jesus, but I, I think I know where. In other news, if you were here when uh, and we're a part of the prank for Pastor Dave, I just got a text last week that they found the baby Jesus. They found the other. <laughs> so here's here's a, so when they moved, we uh, we gave them. He loves they love manger scenes, so we gave them a manger, a Fisher Price manger minus the Jesus. Because I knew that would make him crazy to look for the Jesus, because that's like the most important. So I knew that would be like, it would be frustrating for him. So we sent him the Jesus the next Thanksgiving, but by then they had lost all the other parts of the Fisher Price. <laughs> so they went another year with no full manger, Fisher Price full manger. I got a text from Barb last week that said, You are not going to believe this. We found Jesus and the manger. So, <laughs> what is that, two years? <laughs> They must have opened the right box anyway. So what else are you doing? Brian Renner, what are you doing for uh, preparing for Christmas? I helped mom put up the Nice. Outside ones? No, oh, on the Christmas tree. Okay. Thank you, Brian. I, I like to drive by and watch them at night. What was that? Making gifts, right, because you ha that takes time, right? That takes Brenda a lot of time. Nothing up. If you went by my house, you'll notice that there are no Christmas lights. <laughs> There's no Christmas tree. You wouldn't know it was Christmas if you were at my house. So I haven't been doing a very good job preparing anything. Uh, anything else? Anybody else preparing? Christmas cards, yes. If you didn't see, just a good, great side note. If you didn't notice um, what, what's out these tables, if it's new, new to us, you don't have to put any postage on them. You just bring them, put them in the mailbox. If you want to give a donation to the youth, I think that's where it ends up going. Um, Whatever it ends up, uh, people will get them in the right spot. If your name is not out there, which I just heard this morning, there's a, one family I know that their name is not out there. We'll get that out there. Um, the idea is this, to save a little say, uh, postage, and, and it's a little more personable, and I, I think it's pretty cool. So it was long before me that they were doing that. Anything else? Are you doing anything else? Are you... Man. Shopping. Some... some <laughs> My wife said that yesterday was shopping was crazy, that it was a chaos in, in the shopping. Anybody working on their Amazoning? <laughs> Donnie, what are you doing? Did you put your deer out yet? <laughs> just, just, just thought I'd ask. How about your hearts? What have you done with your hearts for Christmas? Read the good news? I hope so. Yeah. Reflect on God's goodness, right? How else are you preparing your heart for this Christmas season? In the hard times, yes, thank you. Drawing closer to God. Anything else? How are you preparing your heart? Hmm, okay. Reminding your kids about what Christmas is really about, right? Which is, when you got little guys, that's a challenge. Uh, it's a, I can remember being a little kid saying, we need to get past this food so we can get to the important things in life. Right? Those presents. 
You know, if you know much about me, you know that I always joke about being very last minute for Christmas. I always encourage people, if you'd like to go shopping on Christmas Eve morning, give me a holler. We can go. Actually, just so you guys know, there's always plenty of good stuff, and it's really not that busy. Now, I won't have either of my girls home, so I'm looking for anybody who wants to sit in the seat. I think I got one in the side. I got shotgun and two back seats if you want to go. Um, you're buying lunch and no. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, 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 exactly. I tend to be very last minute, so I don't really do a great job preparing for Christmas. And what I've noticed in my own life is that in some ways I just kind of run on autopilot. Right? I run on autopilot knowing that I'm going to my mom's at noon on Christmas, going to my in-laws at five at Christmas. Why? Because that's what I always do. And I wonder if my heart sometimes is in the same spot on autopilot. And so as I was reading this passage, I begin to, to think about, and the Advent candle is the candle. If you're doing Advent at home, it might be peace uh, or preparation. They, they have used two different uh, two words. I chose preparation because I felt like that was an area that I could really uh, begin to think about and work in my own life. Uh, how to prepare my heart for the Christmas season. See, one of the things you may not know about me, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas. I know that sounds really odd. I have uh, had that struggle for a time. I think what the struggle is, it's become so... Um, this... It's just been a what? Commercialized. Yeah, that was the word. It's been so commercialized that it's just been a challenge um, for me to walk through that. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I have thought about this. It's not a good place for a pastor to be <laughs> not, hap- not liking Christmas. So I've been really working on Christmas uh, and trying to find that spot where I, can, I appreciate the important parts of Christmas without getting hung up and frustrated on the... Uh, commercial parts of Christmas that make, uh, that challenge me. And so I found this, and I think uh, I I really like this image. And so I'm going to ask you, how are you going to prepare him room? And if you didn't notice, there's a heart in that manger. How are you going to prepare your heart for this Christmas season? Because here's what we do as humans, and I want to challenge you in the way that you think, in the way that you're doing things Um, this Christmas. Here's what we do. Do you realize that we spend a lot of time at Christmas thinking about who we're going to go see, where we're going to be, good and bad, right? We're excited when it's good to go see our family. We're excited when we're going to get to go to see grandma when we're little kids and we're going to open tons of presents. But what do we do as adults? We we know we're going to have to visit... We know we're going to have to visit family maybe that we have struggles in relationships with. We know we're going to have to see someone maybe we only see once a year. And that may feel like it's too much. And so we begin at very early on after Thanksgiving, we begin to set ourselves up for what Christmas is going to look like this year because that's what it looked like last year and the year before and the year before. And we quickly go into autopilot of this self-fulfilling prophecy that last year's Christmas was awful. So guess what's going to happen this year? It's going to be awful. 
It's going to be frustrating. Someone's not going to be there that I want to be there. Or someone's going to be there that I wish wasn't there. Whatever the case. We walk through those things and we have it all mapped out in our head how it's going to go. And what happens when you walk into a room where you've already had the answer before you got there? Right? It just, it just and then it lays itself right out. And I think we prepare to fail when we fail to prepare. I didn't say that. Someone else said it, but I liked it. Think about that. How are you going to prepare your heart for this Christmas and it it will be different than it was last year or the year before or for the last 10 years? What are you going to do differently this year for Christmas to prepare your heart so it doesn't look like last year? Right? Because we do tradition, and I love traditions. One of the things I love, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, I just think that that's a great tradition, right? Right? And if I could sing it, but I'm pathetic about it. But I do it. I sing it to my wife. She thinks it's right. Right? And we love tradition because it reminds us of the things before. And sometimes we get so hung up on tradition that we can't ever change that tradition. And I wonder if our hearts don't get lost in the midst of all that. And so I was looking at this passage, uh, and the, the first passage is out of Isaiah, and it talks about this coming Messiah, right? This, he's, there's one coming. John the Baptist will lead the way for this one coming. And God has spoken, and will make, uh, it says he will make the rugged places plain. The rough ground will become level. He's talking about Jesus coming. And then we look at Luke, and we see this um, crazy story. I know you've heard it a hundred times, right? You, you've heard that passage. And sometimes we get so hung up on the, the part where, Mary was a virgin, and Mary. Did you miss the part that God was already working long, long before He ever spoke to Mary? In fact, He's been working from the beginning. God has been working this plan from the beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Oh, it doesn't show up all the way. Uh, Genesis. Chapter 3, verse 15 says, uh, this is right after Adam and Eve have had a problem, right? Right after that. Moments after that, he says, I will put an enmity, which Kelly tells me is a fight, right, Kelly? (coughs) I will put something between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and they will crush your head and he, you will strike his heel. And what he's talking about is there will be a fight in humanity. A fight because sin has entered the world. There will be a fight in humanity between uh, God and sin. And if you go... Oh, I, I do have a side note. I need to talk really quick. Oh, that's not a very good picture. Um, that, is that a python, Dan? Yeah. Okay. So I, gotta, I need you to pray for somebody for me. This is a totally a side note, but it's important. Dan Schumach is going on this crazy two-month walk starting in January, and um, we're hoping he doesn't get eaten by a python. That's what he keeps telling me anyway. (laughs) But I would ask that you keep him in prayer and be looking on Facebook on our our, uh, site because uh, we will be chronicling Dan's trip from through the Everglades to the northern part of Florida, Dan, is that it? And and if you know anything about Dan, this is a ministry for Dan. Dan's uh, whole goal is, uh, one, to walk, but two, to find people who he can share the gospel on the, on the trail with. 
And so we're asking that you would keep him in prayer as he walks that trail. Um, how many miles, Dan? 1,300 miles. Uh, the last time Dan had some, some rough spots, tore up his feet. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a walk in the park, <laughs> not at all. 30 miles of water, Dan, am I right? So ask, I ask that you keep him in prayer. Um, sorry, that was a real big side note, but I wanted to make sure that got announced. Uh, this, so this, this in Genesis is from the very beginning, God has a plan. And in 1 John, it's again, uh, it's re, this is the fulfillment of that prophecy. It says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the very beginning. And the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Do you realize that in Genesis 3.15, God was working on a plan for your salvation? By the way, that Genesis 3.15, you, you may not know what happens like four verses after that. Four verses after that, God sacrifices an animal to cover Adam and Eve because they were naked and they knew it. The very first sacrifice to cover a sin in Scripture. From the very beginning, God was working to prepare a way for us to be with Him. If you get a chance, or, and when you're reading in, old, in the Old Testament, I would encourage you and challenge you in some ways to, uh, to read the Old Testament with this one little uh, thought in, in the process. When you're reading the Old Testament, look for the ways that it points toward Jesus. I once had to write a paper, and the paper was this. It was an Old Testament class. Every book in the Old Testament points toward Jesus. Some are really easy, right? Isaiah is like, there's this big... Some like Ruth are a little bit harder, and you got to look a little deeper. But I challenge you to, when you read Old Testament, to look at how it points forward to Jesus. Because there are, a group, there are groups of people who say, well, that's just Old Testament and it's old and it's no longer pertinent to what we have. The new, the new covenant is here and we don't need any of that. And I challenge that because if you look at the Old Testament and you read it through, you will find, if you're looking for it, you will find that it's pointing towards Jesus from the very beginning and it works all the way through until that time when he comes. You may remember, this is, a, uh, this is just a, a list. I know you can't read it, it doesn't matter. The list is uh, the genealogy out of Matthew uh, 1. that says, these are the people. This is the lineage that Jesus came from. It's, Jesus was not an afterthought. God had prepared from the very beginning to put him in that spot. Long before he would come. Long before he would come as a child, long before he would come in ministry, long before he would be crucified on that cross, God had prepared the way. He had prepared a plan to, see, to watch Jesus walk through. Just a, this is a side, another side note. Um, I wanna, if you're interested in the prophecies of the Old Testament, we're going to be spending this week and next week on Wednesday evening, looking at prophecies in the Old Testament and where they were fulfilled in the New Testament. All those prophecies that were fulfilled for the Christmas season. That's what we're looking at. All the, the ones that point towards Jesus. There were, 
Uh, we looked at, I don't know, I think we got through two or three on. So we won't get them all. But if you're interested in uh, knowing where the prophecies that talk about Jesus in the Old Testament are and how they are fulfilled in the New Testament, I would encourage you to show up on Wednesday night. Uh, it's, it's fun. Bring some, uh, be, feel free to bring some of those. If you have one, you're like, where does this one show up in the, in the New Testament? Bring it, because we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure that out together. Um, and so I just want to encourage you that uh, I am intrigued by those prophecies because some of those prophecies are so far before, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years before Jesus would ever show up on the scene that he, they begin to talk about him. The second uh, thing to prepare is through obedience. Did you see how Mary responds to the angel in the Scripture? Verse 38. She's first afraid, right? Then she asks a lot of questions. And once she gets the questions answered, what does she say? Here's a challenge. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So let me ask you that question. If you were Mary just for a moment, given the message that Mary was given, thinking in light of the fact that she was probably 12 to 15 years old, somewhere in that area, she was a young child. Back then, they would have been married a whole lot earlier. Would you be able to answer that way? May your word to me be fulfilled. Let's, let's bring it to the present right now. When God speaks to you in, this, in the Scriptures, you know how when you read a Scripture and it hits you right between the eyes? Especially the ones that you really don't like. <laughs> or that you might like them, but you don't want to hear what they have to say. Are you able to say, may that word be fulfilled in my life? God, will you change my heart? Will you prepare my heart to be able to be there where I don't want to be at this moment or I'm struggling to get to? God, can you, can you do that for me? See, I think one of the struggles is that we do fail to prepare. We fail to prepare in our life to be successful and to watch God working in our life. We don't want to make that effort. Because what happens when you make that effort is that you have to begin to change. And that's hard. Change is hard. Dave is the only one who says he likes change. I guarantee, Dave, you are, in the, you are in the minority in this group, if we were honest, right? The rest of us, like, we like it the same old way. I want church to be the same old way. Don't drink. My wife, she, drank, she used my coffee cup with eggnog in it. Can you believe that? I haven't washed that baby in like three months. She said, you can't use your coffee cup. It's got eggnog in it. I'm like, there's a hundred other cups. Why would you use my cup? Guess what? The coffee tasted the same in the new cup as it did the old cup. People, right? 
Do you, do you walk your spiritual life preparing yourself in obedience like you do for Christmas and holidays and every other part of your life? Do you, do you walk through this Christmas season expecting God to work in your life? Because I think the challenge is that we don't. We, sit, we expect it to be the same as it was last year and the year before, and we don't prepare for anything new. We, prepare, we just prepare for it to be exactly like it was. And this scripture reminds me that if we don't run in a way to win, we've missed the boat. Paul, I think Paul must have been a runner as a kid or something because he has a lot of, there's a, more than multiple passages where he talks about, listen, if you're going to run, run it the right way, right? Think about those marathon runners just for a second. A marathon is what, two to three hours? Three hours, I think. Carol, I'll pick on you just for a second. Carol, Carol just, again, qualified for the Boston Marathon. That's absolutely crazy and awesome. But I promise you that the marathon time is nothing compared to the training time that she puts in to get to the marathon, one, and to be able to run the marathon, two. Those three hours of running the marathon are really, really small compared to all that training that she has done to get to that point. Probably doesn't even know how many hours that would take to prepare for that. And so I'll ask you that same thing with your heart. Are you preparing your heart to be obedient to God so that when He does come a-calling, when He calls you to do something or to move or to be uh, stretched or challenged, that you're ready in obedience? Are you ready for God to work in your life this Christmas season? The bigger question, will you respond? Will you respond when God says, listen, I need you uh, to treat someone that maybe you have a bad relationship uh, with differently? I need you to love your family even if it's hard. I need you to welcome people you may not agree with into your home. Whatever it is, right? I just we can leave a nice little blank spot because I don't have to tell you what your problems are. I promise that's what the Holy Spirit works way faster and ahead of me already, right? I promise you that pretty much unless you're asleep, God's already put something on your heart. God's already put to, brought to mind something that you need to be working on this Christmas or someone because I know how it works. It works in my life the same way. There's someone or something or some uh, experience that you need to do differently. Again, I'll ask you that question. Can you say like Mary, may your word to me, God, be fulfilled in my life? That's hard. A whole lot easier to say and read than it is to uh, take in and be able to do, is it not? God, I'm going to like Christmas because I know that's what I need to do. I need to appreciate Christmas and that you sent your son for me. Even if I despise the commercials and the commercial stuff that goes on. Those don't get better anyway. 
That's true. They don't get better. I agree. And preparation may mean a new direction. That's how it feels, does it not? Isn't that how it feels when it's a new direction? Isn't that how it feels when your loved one isn't able to be at Christmas with you uh, like they've been for the last 30 years? Or that you have to do something extra or different because it doesn't work like it did last year? There's this really crazy paradox about holidays. I just, as I get older, I figured it out, but I didn't understand it as a child. As a child, Christmas is the best thing going, is it not? I've told you the story. I broke into the, my parents had this room and there were presents in there and I was so excited I, as a child that I could not wait for Christmas. And you know what I did? I broke in. So they put a lock on it. You know what else I did? I took the hinges off. <laughs> True story. You can ask them. They're there. And I wouldn't have gotten caught if I'd have thought about painting them white again, but I was little. I didn't think of that. They, tried, they threatened to tell me I wasn't going to have Christmas. I remember that part. If you're going to look ahead of time, you're not having Christmas. That was the best thing going. You know what? Christmas is... So different today. Because Christmas is, is harder today. Because there are people missing from our Christmas. And I walk with people who have lost a loved one or someone they care very much about. And they walk through Christmas and Christmas that was the most favorite, exciting. I couldn't sleep. My parents' bedroom door was right next to the tree. And, it would, and I swear I went to the bathroom a hundred times Christmas morning, right? And, I, and if, I, if I lingered, as long as I went down and went around the corner, I was good. But as soon as I lingered, Dad would be like, it ain't light out. Go back to bed. <laughs> it's three in the morning, you know? And now Christmas is hard for some. And we can get stuck in that. And it feels just like this. It feels like Man, another Christmas. And I, my heart breaks to spend time with people who have had loss and for them to recognize that this is not, Christmas is not always easy. And so if we don't prepare our hearts in the midst of all that, we can easily be just, just like the waves of the ocean, up and down and all over the place. And we lose our grounding, and our grounding is in Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter is that Christmas is about that babe child born that would change this world and give us an opportunity for eternity. That's what Christmas is about. So the question I have for you is, will you prepare him room in your heart this morning? Will you prepare him room to begin to change your heart today? Because I'd love to tell you that Christmas presents will be just as good as last year. I'd love to tell you that the company will be just as good as last year. I'd love to tell you that the food will be as good or better than last year. But I absolutely cannot promise any of those things. You might sit home alone this Christmas because no one invited you to some somewhere to, to be together. 
I don't know. If that's the case, let me know. I'd love to spend some time together. But the fact of the matter is there are so many outside things that we have no control over. There's one thing that we do have control over, and that is our salvation. If everything else falls away, that Psalms 46 talks about, even if the mountains fall into the sea, our God is still there. That salvation is still available no matter what this looks like. No matter how much snow we get or how much time we spend, no matter how hard this Christmas is, we can count on one thing and we can count on one thing only and that is our God. Let's pray. Lord God, we do prepare our hearts this morning to recognize Your hand in our life. Lord, we live challenged uh, by all the things around us and all the circumstances that we have no control over. May we prepare our hearts, Lord, to understand who You are in our life. May we prepare our hearts, Lord, to accept You as our Savior. Lord, we're reminded that that is a free gift, but it's a free gift that must be opened We must experience it. Otherwise, it just sits on the table. No one ever opens it. It'll never be accepted. And so, Lord, I pray for the hearts here this morning of anyone who hasn't found that acceptance and repentance through You. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't leave this morning not knowing who You are in their life. We're reminded that in Scripture, Saul is rejected not because of what he gave. Or he was rejected because of what he gave, not because, um, he, was a, because he wasn't obedient to follow after you. And Lord, it's not what we can give to you. It's not our time. It's not our energy. It's our hearts that you want most. And so Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts if they're hard today. That, Lord, if it's pride that stands in the way of our relationship with You, that we would shed that and become obedient as You became obedient to the cross. In Your name we pray. Amen.